After a difficult week off the field, FC Pinskow fell to a narrow defeat on the field as well, losing 1-0 to SV Grudig. Welcome to the FCPS show. My name's Tom Midler and I'm joined here today by Simon Clark to digest a lot of action. I'm not going to lie to you, it has been a turbulent week at FC Pinskow Salfelden. You'll have noticed already, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure that there have been changes made at boardroom level and uh, it has not been the easiest week of our lives. Uh, of course, performing duties as the uh, media team for FC Pinskow, covering this, trying to stay very positive, of course, for the game against Screwdig nothing changing on that front I mean something I alluded to on the commentary for this game uh, in South Eldon against Screwdig was that you know there's been a lot of great ideas with Fan Owned Club it's a unique project an incredible project and that certainly got us involved uh, you know I'm, I'm sitting here with Simon and, and there's Lee as well of course who we all do so much on social media and with the commentary with the match reports with everything and we really got excited about the way the project is and and nothing's changed on that side of things it's still a really really good idea and and a lot of people put a lot of time a lot of money a lot of effort and a lot of expertise into turning a brilliant idea into what now is a real running club with live streams across the world being enjoyed by a lot of people so we've come so far in this space of time and it's worth just just holding on to in this difficult time for the club that a lot of people are really working hard to make sure that Fan Own Club gets what it deserves because it is a fantastic idea. It's still a really, really exciting project and the club is still pushing forward. Yeah, that's the impression I get as well, Tom. Uh, it's a great idea and people have been asking us on our personal Twitter accounts, like, what's happening? And I mean, I still think this is a fantastic project. So I really feel like, um, yeah, well, we're fully committed to continuing and, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, this season's been turbulent but I mean almost every football club has turbulent seasons you know this is normal in football but I'm excited for, for the for the winter break and see what happens there and and then the, the, the run-in to the Salzburg Cup and I think it's exciting and yeah we might not be in the top two uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later but I still think there's plenty to get excited about and this is a project that's slowly growing and growing and growing and we're not going to get promoted overnight you know it's going to take time so yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing with the club and yeah, I feel like we have to put it out there. <laughs> That's definitely right to say, you know, of course, we're fully in this to continue and, and it's not just us who are, you know, I really have the feeling that we all have the feeling that behind the scenes there are not only many more people than us who have had loads of great ideas, but people who are continuing to just work really, really hard. And, and yeah, we're still fully on board, but we're not the only ones. That's, that's definitely for sure. And we really appreciate your support as well. And we know it's a, a difficult time and a kind of an, an uncertain time for the fans too. And uh, we really appreciate that you're staying with us and you're still enjoying this with us too, because, you know, it's a roller coaster ride. That was what FOC and that's what taking over a club like Pinscal was always going to be about it's going to be about the ups and the downs and we're just in we're in one of the difficult spots at the moment but it seems like as you mentioned Simon we're not where we want to be in the league table that that much is clear you know that's sort of been a slowly evolving story throughout the season and uh, we will talk about the match where of course that that did continue but 
in terms of looking ahead, you alluded to next season, Simon, and promotion, although it's still possible, is, is very unlikely and it would take a, a minor miracle really at this point. And perhaps the step up from the third division to the second division in Austria is a big one on an infrastructural level as well as on the playing field. And we've said several times on the podcast that talking about Europe brings with it a lot of dangers but nobody at the club's ever really been thinking about Europe in the next couple of years at least and having at least the clarity that we're still going to be in this division next season gives us a lot of basis to regroup to go back to some of the things that were done so right last season some some of the things that brought in such exciting players and and saw us playing so well last season and potentially these are the kind of things that with a lot of games left with the knowledge of you know the promotion run, the promotion bid is not really sort of coming to fruition. Steps can be put in place for next season. Yeah, as you said, it's worthwhile emphasising just how massive the jump up is from the Austrian third division to the second division. It's an enormous leap. This is a work in progress, and we don't want to be too far ahead of ourselves. You know, we want to be an organically growing club. You've seen it many, many times where clubs have been promoted too, too, too fast. Like the team we played at the weekend, they. They went up to the Bundesliga, they played in Europe, and then they fell straight back down. We don't want Pinsgar to do that. We want Pinsgar to be like a solid, a solid club with a great youth setup and a great atmosphere, and you know everyone's on board. Then I think that's that's a win. You know, obviously every fan dreams of challenging for the, the, for the title, but you know it's just st- still early days. <laughs> and I think that we can both uh, talk as fans of clubs who've had like turbulent years. You're a Coventry City fan that they, they were Premier League for many many years, and and then they dropped down a few divisions, four divisions, <laughs> and now on the way back up. So my Premier League team is Everton, but I'm also a Gloucester City supporter. Gloucester are in the English sixth division, and we've been homeless for 13 years. And we finally opened our stadium. We're opening our stadium actually tomorrow um, during a global pandemic when no fans can turn up. So it's like we, we both support clubs that have had this like turbulent years. And, you know, I think football, it's a... A quandary really because you want the best but you just know it's going to be difficult to get there and yeah this is why I'm so passionate about this project and why we, all of us are because this is just football football is this and if you want to be a, fa- a fan owner if you want to own a football club this is what owning a football club is it's it's ups and downs you know so yeah <laughs> should we talk about the game now <laughs> yeah I think before we do I just want to sort of cover a couple of final points and I, I think that what's important for us you know we're fan owners we're investors in the club. We've invested emotional energy, passion, and, and so is everybody else. You know, we're not, it's not a woe is me story. We're not saying that at all. Everybody else has too. And the fact that I'm still really excited to see what comes with this, this is exactly as you said, th- this is what football or this is what soccer is, you know, in all its form. We've, we've gone through a, a, a real a microcosm of what it is to be to be a football fan this season so if this is your first experience of it then wow you've been in for a hell of a ride already but uh, it's going to carry on and and it will take us somewhere and i'm really looking forward to seeing still what happens uh, in the course of the future and people love this idea and sometimes things just don't go a little you know don't go exactly the way you want them to or optimism takes over at times and that's just the way it is sometimes so it's uh yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens for the rest of this season, but we will be there to cover it all, and we're looking forward to the longer-term FC Pinscal as well. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say quickly, though, obviously we're talking about this, and the fact is we're still fifth in the division. We're still technically only six points off the top two. It's a long way, and it would take a minor miracle to get there, but I feel like this crisis, we're a long way off relegation. We're not going to get relegated, but it's just a stepping stone to it's bigger and greater things. This is... 
this is the part of the process and this is part of the, of, of the Pinsgar story going forward. So, you know, we might as well embrace it and move forward. We're not going to get relegated, Simon says in quotes today. <laughs> We'll see if, see if you have to come back and regret that one. No, I'm, I'm only kidding. I uh, definitely don't think we're going to get relegated. Looking at the table, obviously we're in P5. You know, we're, we're in the midfield. We're not even that far off the top, really. But at the same time, um, in terms of what we've deserved from our performances and, and from results, is that we can't realistically claim to be promotion candidates. But we also, uh, yeah, I don't think we've really got to look over our shoulder too much for the rest of the season. But... Um, you know, we do have to be careful, but let's look at why we're still six points off the top and not three points off the top. And that was because we were defeated 1-0 at home by Grudig. It was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Of course, you know, to use the old adage, the old cliche, definitely, really, this was a game of two halves. Yeah, it really was. The first thing to say is that there was a few key absences and none more key than, than Lucas Schubert who's been my favourite player of the season. I said in our little WhatsApp chat, he's one of my top five favourite footballers at the moment. <laughs> I, just love, I think he's just a wonderful footballer and also a great person. And uh, it's worth saying that he organised a fan owners call, like a small, with a few fan owners at halftime during the game where he was very open, very honest. And I think it shows what, what an asset he is to the fan owned club project. And yeah, just a shout out to Lucas Schubert. What a man, what a player. <laughs> but yeah, the, the first half didn't go to plan. Uh, you had um, Thomas Tandari in defence, the club's record all-time goal scorer as a centre-back. It, it was very 1980s English football, <laughs> where like, you're, the, you're the, the big striker in, in defence. Grodig went one the lap. Um, can you talk us through the goal, Tom? Yeah, it was Patrick Schauber running down the left-hand side. I mean, it had been a kind of crazy opening period. Grodig were, were really dominant, in fact, in the first phase of the game. And... Yet they didn't manage to score at that point, and Pinsgau had even hit hit the post through uh, Lucas Moosman header. But then Grudig's dominance continued. They they were definitely the better side, and then at some point after holding up reasonably well against the pressure, Pinsgau just folded, and Schauber was able to dribble down the left hand side into the penalty area, skipped a couple of tackles. I mean, I don't want to call people out, but he went past Jatta, went past Reichel, and in fairness, I feel like I can call those two players out because they have been so reliable this season. You know, on on the whole, they've been two excellent performers, and on this occasion. Schaubert managed to dribble past them, cut back into the middle. College had come out, and College as well, worth a mention in goal, made some fantastic saves already from a Habersberger free kick early on that was deflected. And College had uh, really got about the goal left and right. And then at this point, Schaubert just cuts back, and uh, Kadria is there just waiting in the middle of the penalty area to tuck away into a virtually empty net. And uh, Pinskow's resistance was broken. It seems like every game College makes an amazing save. I just He's so, he makes these fantastic saves. But yeah, the, the goal was actually quite similar to some of the Tottenham goals against Manchester United yesterday. Um, obviously, we were without the huge defensive errors, <laughs> just like uh, just making space at the back post and just slotting into an empty goal. And um, yeah, it meant that Grodig um, went one the up at the break. But the second half, Pinsgau came out punching and uh, they really impressed me. Um, they, were, they were resurgent. Uh, Jonas Schweikhofer was really brought some impetus and had a couple chances. Uh, the David Ratgabe as well, just yeah, almost setting up Tandari. And then himself, uh, the shot just went wide. Ziga also wide, but it just wouldn't go in. And then the big chance at the end, uh, Semir Vulsha, uh, who's playing his 50th game ne next week. We should uh, mention that. A big chance at the end, but he got his angles wrong with the header. And uh, yeah, just... One of those games, one of those halves, that the ball just wouldn't go in the back of the net. And yeah, three points to Grodig. They've been a, a resurgent team in the league. They've actually won four out of the last five after an awful start to the season. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those games. 
Yeah, it was our first home defeat since mid-August. I mean, what can you say? It's just one of those games. Another one of those games this season. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Gridding must actually be the form team of the league at the moment. They're still uh, down in the bottom half, but four wins out of the last five, even the teams at the top are struggling to replicate that kind of form. So uh, nobody underestimated Gridding, that's for sure. Even though we played really well against them in the first game uh, that when we met earlier on in the season, this was a different Gridding, a Gridding with a lot more confidence. But they still got very lucky. I think the frustrating thing from this is that you know, when everything is results-based, you're going to go away and Heimer Pfeifenberger, the coach, is going to say, oh, yeah, we got that tactically just right and we won the game. But I don't think you can actually hold that up. You know, criticism against Christian Seeger is one thing because we're struggling, but at the same time, what more, from my opinion, what more can Christian Seeger do in that game, honestly? Because he he realised that it didn't work in the first half. We tried Tandari at the back. I understand that. He's a makeshift fill-in centre-back. We've got tons of injuries in defence. Brilliant news, by the way, that Daniel Reichel, who went off injured in that game, said he's feeling all right and probably won't be out for very long. So that's really, really good because Pinsky are really struggling at the back. But, you know, he realised that it hadn't worked in the first 45. We struggled to, to get the basics right, in fact, going forward. And we've said this many, many times on the pod, you know, everybody gives their extra effort when they're playing, especially in Saalfeld, and everybody really wants to win. And if we're not doing the basic things right, then we're not going to win against anybody in Saalfeld when we play like that. And it was very passive. It was difficult. And also, you know, let's cut some slack for the lads. They've also had a diff difficult week. It's not an easy week for anybody at the club at the moment with everything that's going on. And we're all working out what's happening. And, you know, that's not a great position to be in in terms of headspace going into a game. But then you saw one moment when Jatta came back and made a brilliant tackle before Grudig were on the break. You know, they were looking up, looking how to counter. Jetta goes above and beyond the call of duty, you know, with this great long sliding challenge, wins the ball back and turns it into an attack. And we saw that against Austria Salzburg. It led to the goal for Tandari, which is a, a brilliant goal. And, you know, it's work, it's work rate like that that's going to turn things around. And, and I just felt like we didn't offer that in the first half. Yet, Christian Sieger made some changes at the interval, changed things up in terms of uh, formation as well, just moved things around. And then in the second half, Grudig had virtually not a sniff, hardly an attack. College, don't remember him really touching the ball at all in the second half so you can't say Pinskow outplayed and you can't say Pinskow outthought tactically because no manager would willfully have a team who dominate for the first half and then give that away in the second half you know actually it means that Pinskow tactically had all the answers but they just could not hit the target that's the one disappointing that's the most disappointing thing for me is that Jakob Zankel if you listen to my commentary I said his name about 50 times because as much as Pinskow dominated in the second half, we were actually far more dominant in the second half than Grudig were in the first half. But did we hit the target? Not at all. Our best chance was Moosman's header in the first half against the run of play. You know, we could have gone 1-0 up actually in the game. Like I said, it would have been against the run of play. But in the second half, we had chance after chance after chance after chance and nobody hit the target. And that is, uh, that's, a, that's a flaw. It's, it's kind of a fatal flaw of ours this season that, not only are we not scoring goals, we're not testing the opposition keeper despite playing really well. You saw a lot of runs from Mulbacher and I had a lot of people mention to me after the game, people were texting me and saying, it seemed like we did all the hard stuff right and then we couldn't get the easy stuff. You know, Radgeb went wide and Tandari shot wide from a good position. And we just couldn't get it on target and that is why, you know, that's why we're not scoring goals this season and that's why our top scorers are still Schubert and Jatta, defensive players. It shouldn't be the case, should it? No, it shouldn't. It's a shame that football's not a performance art where we can rank it out of, out of 10 or, or, or 6. Because uh, I reckon that was a, uh, a 9.5 second half performance just w w without any goals, you know? Uh, it's, yeah, it's just... I think Ziga will be very, very happy with 
how the team came out in the second half. As a manager, you can only ask for your players to give the absolute best. Unfortunately, this time, it just didn't result in a goal. And in football, that's the most important thing, isn't it? You can have 30 shots on goal, but if you don't score, then you lose the game. You know, it's, it's just, that's just football. But um, I think Ziga will take positives from it. They will move forward and go into uh, the, the next few games. If you play like that, we're, we're going to score, definitely going to score. So, yeah, I, I think it's a disappointing defeat in terms of the table, a massive defeat, because it pretty much eliminates any chance of a top two finish particularly with all the other results going going our way. Um, but, yeah, it's just um, yeah, one of those days. Yeah, should we have a look at the table after that? You know, the 1-0 defeat to Gruedig, that's bumped them up by another few points, but uh, Pinskow stay where they are. In terms of the table, with results elsewhere, it's Kuchel leading the way on 22 points. Austria Salzburg in second with 22 points as well. Bischofshofen in third credit to them they have played more than the teams above them but they're on 19 points Sikirchen in fourth also on 19 points both of those sides have played 12 games Pinskow have played 12 as well and they're on 16 so we're right in the mid table down at the bottom we've got Valsgrunau on 8 Essakar on 11 and Grudig on 12 now and then just below us is uh, Anif and St. Johan but I mean it's irrelevant really looking into too much detail at the table what we can say is at the top Kukul and Austria Salzburg are on 22 Pinskow are on 16 so we're only six points away but Kukul have played two games fewer than us Austria Salzburg have played one game fewer than us and perhaps most importantly of all when we've played against Austria Salzburg and Kukul we have been beaten in, in every single one of those games so it's uh, it would probably be a fool's errand at this point of the season to, to look up at the table too much even though we are only six points off the top the annoying thing for me is if Pinsgaard won the game, we only would have been three points behind Austria Salzburg, who, who lost against Bischofshofen. Uh, Kukul, I think Kukul are guaranteed to be top two. They, they seem to be a class above in the league. But Austria Salzburg are slipping up slightly. And uh, I, f I felt like if we had won, we would have been three points behind. You know, th there would have been a chance there. Who knows? And then all the teams below us dropping points. It's like, OK, we're, 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 we're well on our way. But, you know, football's a cruel mistress sometimes. And this is just what could have been. But... We can look at the table and think about what could have been, but this is what's happened now, so we've just got to move on. Yeah, and I think to go back to what we said earlier, at least the silver lining is that for the club, it's probably not even worth getting promoted this season. You know, what's the point? You, we need to be promoted in a season when we when we do really, really well and, and we've got a really strong squad and a, and a good vibe going into the next season because, you know, moving up to the second division, it will be really, really tough and we need to have a squad that's capable of competing at that level. And right now, we don't have that because if you notice every time there's a close game, it seems we don't we're not really able to come through it you know actually we did that just the, the other day against Vals Grunau so I don't want to get too negative because we did dig out a really great 3-2 win just a few days ago but that was against the bottom side and often I find that when you feel like results aren't going your way or when you th feel like things are a bit unfortunate in the league table what you can always rely on is goal difference because you know even if the points aren't telling the true story goal difference is it is what it is. You know, you can't argue with goal difference. And Kukul are on 12 at the top of the table. And they're absolutely streets ahead of anybody else anywhere near them. Austria Salzburg plus four. Bischofshofen plus five. And then you've got Pinskau and uh, Seekirchen on zero goal difference, which is interesting. So although we're actually quite close to the top end of the table, those two clubs, Seekirchen as well, zero goal difference is, is not what gets you promoted. So that sort of tells the story a little bit that you know when we did play against Sikirchen I think we were much much better than them and they were very lucky to get that win against Pinskow and then you've got Anif on the other hand who were really good when they played against us and they've got a plus seven goal difference so they've got the second best goal difference of the table and they're down in seventh so they must be scratching their heads everybody else has got quite significant minus goals so you know Grudig 
minus seven, and we weren't able to get a goal against them. That tells its own story as well. And Valsko now minus 13, and yet even with the 27 goals conceded for Valsko now, it was really, really tough, and, and they took us right to the last minute. So it's not quite working out for us this season, but um, it is what it is, and we'll, we'll make the best of it. And if we have to use it as planning for next year and come back stronger in the next season, well then, that's something to be said in and of itself. Should we look around Austrian football at uh, some other other happenings around the country? Because we had the uh, draws for the European competitions this week, didn't we? And uh, it was quite exciting with so many Austrian teams involved. I think, in fact, aren't we outside of the top five leagues in Europe? Isn't Austria the country that's got the next most participants in European group stage competition this year? Which is quite incredible for Austria. What, what an achievement. Yeah, the, the most um, Austrian teams in the group stage in a generation. Uh, it's really an incredible moment uh, to have an English language podcast <laughs> about Austrian football. And the draws have been very, very kind, particularly to, to, to us three as Englishmen. I mean, we can start with the Europa League. I mean, the uh, Rapid have drawn Arsenal, which is a, a, a game that Tom thoroughly enjoys. Lask have drawn against Tottenham, which is uh, another, like, European Cup finalist two years ago, Jose Mourinho as manager, Harry Kane, uh, uh, Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale at the Linter Stadion. Who would have imagined, you know? And, uh, and Wolfsburg are also with a, a, a nice group, Dinamo Zagreb, Feyenoord, CSK, Moscow, some very some proper Europa League teams in there. But I think the, the most exciting one for me personally is the Champions League. Rebel Salzburg finally got rid of their hoodoo and they actually qualified for Champions League via qualifying. Last year, they qualified as, uh, uh, as because the Austrian league had, had an automatic qualifier. But before that, Salzburg had lost every single Champions League qualifying game they'd had uh, to get in um, the final, to get into the group stage. And they have quite a draw. They've drawn European champions at FC Bayern Munich. Atletico Madrid with their uh, <laughs> incredible forward line of Diego Costa and Luis Suarez. <laughs> and uh, Lokomotiv Moscow as well, who make up the group. But for Salzburg to play against uh, Bayern Munich, only an hour and a half over the border, a local derby. <laughs> Plenty of people around the Salzburg region support Bayern Munich. There's a lot of cultural ties between the two cities. So it's really an incredible draw. And I'm licking my lips. What about you, Tom? I mean, on the whole, that means Salzburg have now drawn the Champions League winners and uh, current cup holders in their group stage for two seasons in a row. And that couldn't be better for us. That's absolutely perfect because just at the end of the day, Salzburg versus Bayern is going to bring so much attention to Austrian football. It's absolutely outrageous. So just for everybody, including, you know, everybody involved with Pinscale too, it, it trickles down a little bit that far as well. It's just really, really good for Austrian football to be involved in such massive games. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's worthwhile saying how much of a cultural institution Bayern Munich is in Austria because people feel very culturally linked to, 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 to the Bavarian cause. I think Austria and Bavaria share a very close cultural tie. And of course, Austria's captain and best player, David Alaba, plays for Bayern Munich and it's just a dream tie for uh, any Salzburg fans. But of course, the, the caveat being that these games will have a limited amount of fans, so it's not going to be the raucous atmospheres that we saw last season with Lask uh, demolishing Sporting Lisbon and uh, PSV Eindhoven or Salzburg thrilling Europe with Erling Haaland and, you know, with electric atmospheres. It's not going to be that this year. So it's a shame. I mean, for Lask drawing <laughs> both Tottenham and Man United <laughs> months apart and they don't have any fans at either game. It's, it must be a bitter pill to swallow for Lask fans, but... For us, just exciting to watch Austrian teams play against some of the best teams in Europe, some of the best teams in the Premier League, and yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah, very much so. I mean, we're moving on from 
all these European qualifiers. There's been a bit of Bundesliga action as well. Salzburg leading the way, as you'd expect. Rapid Vienna in second. But um, the Bundesliga here in Austria is about to take a pause. The regional league in Salzburg will continue, but uh, up at the top level, the Bundesliga will take a pause because it's the international break and Austria have got some games uh, away to Northern Ireland and they're playing Romania as well. So some tough group games coming up and they've also got a friendly against Greece in Klagenfurt, assuming all of those things go ahead because we are experiencing a range of cancellations here. I think Salzburg were due to play Monaco uh, as a Champions League warm-up game this month as well. And that's just been cancelled because the COVID situation here is... Uh, far from ideal and, and sort of always going upwards. A brief touch on the Bundesliga. Um, Salzburg, 100% record. Rapid, close behind. St. Poulton, the surprise package so far in third. Uh, Hartburg and Wolfsburg are, are not repeating last season's heroics and they're struggling actually. Altac bottom, but that's a very quick summary of the f opening four games of the season. Salzburg is still the team to beat. They won 7-1 at the weekend. So yeah, business as usual in Austria really at the in the top flight. Yep, and uh, we're hoping for uh, better business as usual, is what we called it, because we want to actually start getting some results, you know, see what we can do for the rest of this season. But uh, as we said earlier on in the podcast, we're still going to be there. There's a lot of people behind the scenes working very, very hard to make sure that Pinscal gets where it deserves to be in the long-term future. And uh, we really, really appreciate you being along for the ride as well. So thanks very much for listening to this episode of the FCPS show. You can wait until the weekend for our next game, our next live stream, of course, our game against Sikirshin. A bit of unfinished business there because uh, they robbed us in a 2-1 victory <laughs> a few weeks ago, a few months ago. Well, how long ago was that? Well, it's, it's all going so quickly here. It was only in September, I think, or maybe August, I don't know. But anyway, these games have all been squeezed in so quickly in the regional league. But yeah, unfinished business from uh, the game against Sikirchen. And uh, we look forward to having you with us on the stream. And uh, thanks a lot again for listening to this episode of the FCPS show. This has been the FCPS show. It's recorded, produced and edited in Vienna, Austria for FC Pinskau Saalfelden. And if you're interested to find out more about Europe's unique fan-owned club model, then why don't you head on over to wefunder.com forward slash fan.owned.club and find out everything that you need to know about this incredible opportunity to become a part owner of a European soccer club.